0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ukraine and Russia, Sweden and Finland have now indicated very clearly they plan to join NATO. Putin has said that he considers that an extension of the existential threat that NATO poses to Russia. So... Uh, What's going to happen going forward? Economically, we know this has caused chaos in the world, Russia's actions. Now we have the Italian prime minister endorsing paying Russia in rubles for their natural gas, and a German energy company has already begun to do so. What are Putin's next moves, potentially? We're joined by Dr. Anders Asland, international economist, former economic advisor to Russia and then later on, this is all in the 1990s, Dr. Aslund was the economic advisor to the government of Ukraine. His book is Russia's Crony Capitalism The Path from Market Economy to Kleptocracy. And you can follow Dr. Anders Aslund at Anders Aslund on Twitter. Dr. Aslan, thank you very much for the time. Where are we now? Where do we stand now as far as you're concerned? And I should maybe just quote one of your tweets from earlier today. You tweeted that Putin is perhaps worse than Hitler, and you also tweeted what the world should do about it
1: thank you very much very uh, nice to hear you again uh, roy well uh, if we start with uh, finland and sweden the finnish president minister uh, who's outstanding is a very popular and a very elegant uh, diplomat he called Putin himself today, and said, we want to join NATO because we don't trust you. Uh, he didn't use those words, but that was uh, the essence of it. And Putin uh, accepted it, and took it quite uh, regretfully, but I think that this was actually a good way of disarming um, uh, Putin. So, uh, as you know, Finland has decided to, to join NATO. Sweden will probably do so On Sunday, tomorrow, Tomorrow. Uh, the Social Democratic Party, that is the laggard, but they have the the government. It's a minority government. They will decide tomorrow. And then there will be a big parliamentary majority also in uh, Sweden for joining uh, NATO and uh, President uh, Nynästö. Uh, will be in Sweden for a state visit, 17th and 18th of uh, May. So on the 18th of May, it's not obvious, but I would expect that uh, Sweden and Finland then will declare in a joint declaration that they will uh, join NATO. Swiftly after that, both parliaments will make the relevant uh, decisions. And uh, for the um, NATO summit in Madrid at the end of uh, uh, June, uh, both countries uh, will declare they want to join NATO. The latest hiccup that has happened is that the Turkish president uh, has said, uh, uh, sorry, wait a little, uh, Finland and Sweden, it's particularly Sweden, has given um, uh, residence permits or, or uh, refugee permits for uh, uh, terrible Kurds that uh, I would not like to uh, to see. Uh, he calls them terrorists. Sweden calls them political refugees. So this is a problem that uh, needs to be resolved. I would guess that it will be resolved.
0: Yeah, the uh, it has to be unanimous, doesn't it? There is a Turkey would have a veto power, would it not?
1: Yes, indeed. But, uh, you know, these are things you uh, make uh, as a negotiation. Sorry, I want something from you. What can you offer? Is the
0: current situation with Finland and Sweden joining NATO, does this stabilize things or does it create potentially more chaos?
1: It certainly stabilizes, I think. The the big lesson, I think, from uh, the wars uh, that Russia started in 2008 against Georgia and uh, against Ukraine in 2014, and far worse now, uh, is that it's very dangerous when countries do not belong to a strong security alliance. And uh, Sweden and Finland drew the conclusions. Uh, Sweden almost prove a conclusion in 2014. Uh, as it said that Swedes get, got angry because of a Russian attack on the Ukraine in 2014, uh, but things got uh, anxious. So uh, now both countries have got a big majority for NATO uh, accession because they think this is necessary for their uh, security. And it's also for the security of uh, the whole of Europe. You can see that the three small, very vulnerable Baltic states, which I've seen this perfectly clear uh, from the beginning, they wanted to join uh, NATO as uh, soon as possible. And uh, they, they went through all the hoops and loops. So therefore, they were uh, admitted into to NATO early on. And therefore, they are not being attacked by Russia now.
0: Do you have concerns that um, that Putin may act completely irrationally now and if he's under pressure internally, which is suggested, and you've tweeted out on this, that um, the intelligence chief for the Ukraine military says there's a coup attempt underway in Russia that's not going to be stoppable. They want Putin out of there. Do you consider it possible that Putin will just for megalomaniacal reasons, just up the ante.
1: I would not exclude it, but uh, and, uh, the, the basis here is the general Russian attitude to negotiations. And this is negotiations, not only to wars, is always to escalate. Participated as a Swedish diplomat in negotiations with Russians. And it always goes like this. They become worse and worse. They threaten you in all kinds of ways. And then they think that they have reached a conclusion. Then all of a sudden, it's all peace. It's all pleasant. And uh, you you settle. So you have to be prepared for a serious escalation. And uh, the question is how far it goes. And if you know that it's uh, going to escalate, you are prepared for the escalation.
0: Great book, Russia's crony capitalism: the path from market economy to kleptocracy. And they were a market economy when they, the Soviet Union broke up, and there was a great deal of hope and and uh, and a sense that the Russians were really going to change the way they do things. And then, s- not suddenly, but over time, we end up with a Putin in power who's so reminiscent, at least from my perspective, Dr. Asland, to many of the other Soviet leaders. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, no, that's certainly true. Well, Putin started off in the old KGB, that is the FSB now, and he consolidated power. And in a very skillful way, he made sure that he got the power, first over the security services, then over the state companies, And then uh, he forced uh, the big businessmen to obey him or otherwise he would take their properties away from them. And he showed them the case by uh, confiscating the biggest uh, private uh, company in in Russia, uh, Yukos. And like this, he has uh, moved on. You can say this is the salami tactics. Putin has skipped. He fully cut one piece after the other, and now he has it all. And now people have realized Putin is worse than Leonid Brezhnev. He's more like Yusef Stalin.
0: Yeah, so um, it's, it's disturbing. It's really disturbing to see what is, obviously, what's going on, and this guy remains in power. And there have been some, they're called suicides, of people who had positions of influence in Russia, some were nominally his allies, and they have mysteriously died over the last number of months, suicides. When Let me let me move to the international economy. This is where you excel beyond most people in, in the world. When you look at the international economy, the fallout of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the food security issue, Dr. Asland, what do you see and what concerns you most?
1: Everything. Uh, the first is that... Uh, Russia and Ukraine together uh, produce, uh, produce and export about 30% of the wheat in the world. And this goes to all kinds of uh, developing countries. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, these exports are now not going. As a consequence, prices are skyrocketing in a lot of countries. And we are seeing uh, a popular unrest or government uh, crisis. In countries uh, such as uh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Peru, there will be many more. Say that there will be 20 countries, there will be social unrest and and political trouble because of uh, uh, skyrocketing uh, prices. In a year or so, the the wheat prices in the world uh, have doubled. And um, this is because Russia has blocked the Black Sea. Uh, n from the beginning of this year, nothing could be exported from the Ukrainian uh, uh, <clears throat> ports at the Black Sea, and they would normally provide 20% in the wheat of, of the world. So Russia is actually engineering a food crisis in the whole world.
0: How long do you expect this to go on, keeping in mind that the head of military intelligence in Ukraine, 36-year-old major general, says he expects that the war will have turned, talking to Sky News in Australia. uh, He expects the war to turn in Ukraine's definite favor by August and to be over in December. When do you expect that there's any sort of rational expectation that the economic picture in the world will improve and noticeably so?
1: Well, Roy, you very faithfully read my Twitter. What I argue is that NATO should now open up the Ukrainian ports. Then this problem uh, will be, uh, would be gone. But NATO is too worried. Both the Russians and the Ukrainians are uh, uh, trying to kill each other's uh, fleet. That is, uh, uh, Ukraine does not have much of a fleet. Russia uh, does and the Ukrainians are taking down one ship uh, after the other but this is a case where the uh, NATO should engage in order to make sure that uh, developing countries do not suffer from uh, from food insecurity because Russia has decided to do so.
0: Yeah and they will and they are. Now we also have the Italian prime minister saying it's okay, even though sanctions are in place, it's okay to pay the Russians in rubles for the natural gas, which is what Putin demanded. A German company is doing so as well. What are the implications of that?
1: Yeah, I was very surprised by this uh, statement. Uh, Mario Draghi, the Italian prime minister, is a very, very skillful uh, figure and was highly intelligent. He has uh, uh, done all kinds of things uh, previously. Uh, I couldn't expect this uh, uh, from him. And it might be just uh, something that he says uh, uh, for for the time being. It's uh, out of character with uh, Draghi to do such a thing. Hmm.
0: Here's the question I don't want to ask, because I don't really want the answer I think you might give me. But I'll ask it. Are you concerned, and you know the world so much, I'll say it again, far better than most. Are you concerned that we could see an escalation of social unrest, global social unrest, and major international war beyond what we're seeing now?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, that's uh, pretty inevitable a country that is uh, normally being hit by uh, unrest when wheat prices uh, are high is uh, Egypt. The same is uh, true of most of uh, Northern Africa, while uh, uh, Southern African countries uh, tend to simply suffer from, uh, from uh, uh, starvation. So this is a critical time because uh, uh, wheat prices and other grain prices have skyrocketed. And uh, it is uh, because we've had a couple of uh, years of a bad harvest. And now we have uh, this uh, big Russian blockade of the Black Sea.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever